It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. It is the National Day of Prayer, 69th uh, National Day of Prayer. And we've uh, had some great guests throughout the program today. Of course, uh, we had uh, Imam Shoeb uh, from the Utah Islamic Center, uh, Reverend uh, Oscar Moses from Calvary Baptist, and then uh, we had Elder uh, Evan Schmutz uh, from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, all talking about different aspects of prayer uh, and coming together in the country, the impact of the last year and where we go next, and uh, really pleased to have joining us once again, uh, our favorite rabbi, Rabbi Avrami Zippel. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Boyd. That's very kind of you. Happy birthday, KSL. I just saw that on uh, online today. It's a, it's a big day for you guys as well. That's right. Uh, we're going to celebrate that a little bit coming up on the next segment uh, because we should celebrate. 99 is a is a good thing. Hopefully we make it to 100 next year. And, you can uh, never know these days. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, well, Rabbi Zippel, as, as you've gone through this last year uh, in the Jewish community, and again, we've all kind of experienced the uh, inability to to gather in the way that we normally would or pray together in ways that we uh, often do. Uh, what's that been like uh, in the Jewish community uh, here in Salt Lake City? I think it's reinforced more than anything the idea that Judaism really firmly and staunchly believes in that a house of worship in the Jewish faith is not the single most important place in the community. It actually is very much the home. I think that with the way things have gone for so many years, we had gotten so accustomed to prayer and communal gathering and service and having a connection with God being this thing that we do kind of en masse. We go to a service and, you know, someone's up there chanting and either we're paying attention or we're not paying attention or we're into it, we're not into it, but we just kind of, you know, get it done by osmosis. I think it's really changed that up for a lot of people and almost forced them to really encounter their own Judaism, their own faith, their own practice on a deeply personal level. If you want to pray, you've got to do it in the comfort of your own home, by yourself, forge a meaningful relationship with your God on your own. And I think it's really revolutionized the idea for a great number of people. Oh, I, I love that. And I think that's so powerful. And and many have expressed this idea of, yeah, I've actually been more faithful, more religious, more prayerful in my home over the last year. Uh, and, and to your point, Rabbi, that it, it really is easy. Sometimes it's easy to just kind of go along with what's happening, you know, at, at the synagogue or at the church or at the mosque uh, when the the real, the, the hard work and heavy lifting, so to speak, of prayer uh, does begin uh, in our own homes and with our own families. Without question, I don't think this is necessarily a Jewish phenomenon. I, this is something which I've heard from my friends and neighbors here in town, obviously from my community, but really from a wide array of people. 
is that if there is a silver lining to be taken out of the pandemic and everything that has come with it, it is the ability that people have had to forge a deeper and more meaningful relationship with their faith. I think now and more than any time in recent history, certainly for my generation, it's, it's left people with questions. It's left people wanting to understand what is going on and how they fit into that and, and what they can be doing different and better and more meaningful. And it's changed for a lot of people there relationship with God. I think it's forced them to ask tough questions of themselves, tough questions of God, and it's made them view having that asset in life, having a relationship with God as being something beneficial in an entirely different light. Yeah, so powerful. And uh, you you really have uh, represented well this next generation of, of faith leaders in the community. I love this idea of tough questions for ourselves and for, for God. Uh, there are some uh, who, as we get towards the end of the the pandemic, uh, there are some that are you know trying to, to rush back to the way it was. Uh, where do you hope we rush next? You know, I, I, if there's one thing that I'm not doing as we come out of the pandemic, it's rushing, as I think that rushing things has really proven to be a moot point in light of everything that's gone on recently. I think we've all really gained an appreciation for taking things one day at a time and, and allowing things to develop in small doses. Um, I, I think that when we talk about normal and, and going back to normal, you know, 2019, I think, is a place that we will probably never go back to again, I think, at a certain level. COVID will have left an indelible mark on, on all of us and in the way we do things. And there are so many industries that are changing. I know that there is a, a, a really strong yearning on, on, on the parts of so many across the faith spectrum to try and do things similar to the way they were done earlier. And I think that it's going to really be uh, a community by community decision to see what they can incorporate safely. You know, I, I love the fact, and I know the governor spoke about this today, that with the end game bill being met, it really is kind of a matter of personal responsibility and communal responsibility. And everyone's figuring out and working together what works best for them and, and, and what they need to do to keep their community happy and safe and protected and taken care of. And, and I like, I like yeah. the onus of personal responsibility it puts on all of us to make wise decisions and engage decisions, look out for ourselves, look out for our neighbors, and get out of this whole thing together. Uh, so good. Uh, very powerful. And I uh, I think as we do that, I, I do think we need to be careful of uh, of any rushing, but especially going back, uh, we've been trying to say, look, it's it's not a new normal, it's just a new now, and let's, sure. let's be very intentional in terms of what we do. Uh, Rabbi Zippel, you've been uh, involved in so many uh, wonderful interfaith uh, efforts uh, here in the community. And, of course, the National Day of Prayer is one of those opportunities to kind of link and lock arms. And uh, give us kind of your perspective in terms of some of that interfaith work uh, that seems uh, to be gaining momentum, uh, not just here in the state of Utah, but uh, around the country and the world. I mean, having having served in Utah exclusively, I think what is done here in Utah absolutely can and should and is a, a shining light for the rest of our nation and really the rest of our world, how uh, faith leaders can work together to, to really bring impact to places that necessarily government can't on its own or, or other entities can't on its own beyond working on faith issues with, you know, with some of my colleagues in the interfaith community, we've had the tremendous opportunity to work on suicide prevention and child safety and police reform and a, a number of, you know, very, very important issues to our society that I think the powers that be here in Utah have realized the sway that the faith community holds given the very, 
unique makeup of our state and our community. And I think trusting the faith community to come to the table and to be important stakeholders in the conversation and to have a voice and to carry on that voice to their communities is, is a credit, really, to the, to the leaders of our community and to, to trusting us with that partnership. And I have to say, having had the ability to work both with my brothers and sisters in the faith community and you know, the various leaders that be here in town on a number of, of issues, I, I think the partnership is, you know, pardon the pun, but it's one made in heaven. <laughs> and it's, it's remarkable to see the, you know, the different assets and the different contributions that we can all bring to very, very important and, and hot button issues and, and to see the remarkable things that can be accomplished when we all put our minds to it. Yeah, I think that's so important. I was, I was actually uh, being interviewed on Bloomberg Radio yesterday, and we, we talked about the uniqueness of Utah and that it's it's not just about bringing faith leaders together to talk about faith, but it's to bring everyone together to talk about all the issues from suicide and depression and anxiety uh, to homelessness and addiction and, and everything in between. And uh, we appreciate your voice on all of those things. Uh, Rabbi Avrami Zippel uh, joins us today. Thanks for joining us on this uh, special National Day of Prayer. Uh, we so appreciate your voice and uh, your impact and influence uh, in our community. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, boy. I appreciate it. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside for one last commercial break. I hope you've enjoyed these conversations on National Day of Prayer uh, from all of these different communities. These are extraordinary faith leaders, and uh, they have a great impact on so many, and we're grateful for all of their voices. We'll go ahead and step aside. Uh, Stay tuned. One more segment coming up on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.